episode number four of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. In this podcast, we discuss Hebrews and the Black Church. Stay tuned. Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. This is Hebrews in Exile. Exile. I've been thinking about the black church having been raised in it and come out of the influence of it. And in light of our present day culture of where we are, we haven't taken time as people of color to really think about the impact that we have had on society. Okay. And with that, with that thought process in mind, you brought something up um, in your lesson last week that talked about Hebrews and we are Hebrews. And I'm going to say this again. If your ancestors, if you have heritage that is part of the transatlantic slave trade, the chances are you as an individual are a Hebrew Israelite in exile. Very true. And with that being the case, we have to recognize who we are, and if we don't recognize and start thinking about who we are, that we're not just African Americans, we are, we are, we are more than that, and realize that we are Hebrew people, and Hebrew people are are very creative, and they're not stupid. Yeah, see, and, and that's one of the things that we we have we have to bring to the to the table of discussion because. I'm listening to all of the narratives of the various individuals who are giving witness to Black History Month and speaking about what we have contributed to society, not realizing, and and I haven't heard in the narrative, I haven't heard anybody refer to us as Hebrew people. And that, that bothers me. And it bothers me because we're in denial of who we are as a nation of people. Yet and still, we want to accept a Eurocentric theology that is Greek when our creator, the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, created man and he made us and he gave us he gave us the essence of who he is mm. from a brain from a mental perspective 
So it doesn't surprise me now becoming Hebrew and studying the Hebrew scriptures. It does not surprise me as I look and listen to the narratives about black history and what people of color are contributing to society. It does not surprise me that we are not a stupid uh, tap dancing, all we can do is shoot a football, shoot a basketball, uh, throw a football, uh, run, jump, spin around, pick a pill of cotton type of people. We're not. We're not. And it's very, it's it's a very poignant uh, position that you take there because um, if you read, and I, I mentioned this, I mentioned it because what I had said was that there's this, this, ideology that's put on scripture where we can't see scripture in its context. We always have to relate it to something else. We have to spiritualize it. And if you read scripture in its context, every one of our patriarchs starting, even if you want to even go back all the way back to Adam, every single one of them had an attribute in them of this creative genius about them. They, they were not people that were, they were very coy they were very, um, uh, for lack of eloquence, these were individuals that um, could were, were thinkers, were very critical thinkers, and they strategically planned their moves. And uh, the person that actually comes to mind the most is, is Avraham. When you read about Father Avraham, not only was he a rich individual, which he is uh, attributed for the most— this individual was a methodical thinker. And you look at every single one of those patriarchs, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They moved, and they moved with a purpose. And the Most High gave them, they were rooted and grounded in that. And, 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 and just to your point, because you had, you had mentioned a lot of this before, which is, which is beautiful how all the all this stuff is just piggybacking on top of it. But the thing that I think what we need to realize is not what we've been trying to to preach here, not really preach, but at least tell people, is that just because we're in an exiled nation, we've you don't abandon the Most High. You don't do that, okay? Because we have prophets, like I had mentioned with Daniel, was yeah. in Babylonian yeah. Empire, yeah, right, and he was he was a wise man to King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he, was he was under the influence of Babylonian culture, but he never left his roots of being a Hebrew. Same with Moshe. Even though Moshe was born into being a, an Egyptian, he's still connected with his Hebrew roots, which what greater person to even exemplify other than Moshe, which we keep coming back to. That. I don't I mean, as I get keep getting into this Hebrew way. And Joseph. And Joseph is another one. Joseph was taken into Mitzrayim as a slave, but he never lost sight of his Hebrew roots. And that's the disconnection that we're having today as a people is because we kind of, we have this Moshe experience where we're born into this culture, but we don't know about our Hebrew roots. And then when it gets introduced, we don't seek it. But at least Moshe did. And the Most High used him in that particular aspect but it's just if you go through the scriptures and you read them in context don't spiritualize it just read it in context you'll see exactly the point that you're making yeah and see and that's that's the thing that is so interesting 
in the growth factor. And at this point in time in the history of the person of color in exile is to go back and look at our culture. Yeah, we've been exiled in our connections back to our original families have been stripped away from us by this transatlantic uh, slave trade thing. But yet and still, in exile, we are demonstrating the, the connection that we have with the Most High. And our fathers, our forefathers, uh, all of these people who were, who were placed in slavery in this country, you think about the contributions that they have made to our ability to exist even now that there is a, I want to use the word reconnaissance, there is a, there is a, a returning to say, I'm going to use something here, to say, I'm not, I'm not the Negro of yesterday. Right. And my response to search situations and circumstances is not going to be the response that my fathers and my forefathers gave because they lived in fear. Mm. But in 2021, I no longer live in fear. And I'm also recapturing the genius which resides within the fiber of who we are in this exile. And that information now is like, it's the cream is coming to the top so that everybody can see and everybody can understand. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so in tying that back to, so I, it should be the duty of the black church at least to make that connection yeah. back to yeah. at least to its, its, its Hebraicness. Right. And, and we've gotten away from this because we've, we, we've said, okay, well, this is what's been handed to us. When we got off the boat and landed here, this is what's been handed to us, so we're going to believe this. No, no, no. And see, and we, it, see you, we, cannot, we cannot today... In this environment that we live in, we cannot, as people of color, accept that narrative. Right. Because if we accept the narrative that that's been handed to us, then we're going to start thinking about the other things that have been handed to us. And now we're kind of making an excuse for what's going on when we're trying to avoid the excuse and come to the forefront. If we're going to come to the forefront, then we've got to come to the forefront in the same in the same manner and fashion that we did when we fashioned the black church. Because the black church set itself apart from all the things that was going on around about it, and it came together collectively as a unit, and it forgot about what was going on outside and say, hey, we have, we have this culture 
mm-hmm. with that that we have. We have our music that we have. Mm-hmm. We have our way of worship that we. Have. Nobody handed that to us. Mm. That we was had something. That, that was right. something that we had as part of our inbrained or our, our our sense of of who we were as people. So we can't accept the narrative any longer that it was handed. No, I'm rejecting that. Right. You're not handing me anything. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do, because I am not stupid, Mm -hmm. and because the Most High gave me a brain and a mind, and and it's after his fashion and after his pattern, I'm going to go back and pick up what he gave me in the original narrative and context and i'm not gonna let eurocentrics hand me something and tell me that what the most high gave me in the beginning has been done away with absolutely i'm not going to do that right and we just just as a history side sidebar to that we 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 also got to know also which i don't know if people in the black church actually understand this is the fact that we were handed a a an abridged version yes of that book. Yes. And that abridged version had several verses, key verses, well, chapters taken out of it. Right. In order to support the narrative of this subservient attitude that was being put upon us. Right. So right. that even still, you should be able to look at that and say, you know what? There's more that's here. And we've kind of, from that point on, I think that's probably the genesis of where we start going astray a little bit. Matter of fact, the genesis of where we started going astray is when we got away from the Most High. We got yes. kicked out. Yes. That's yes. that's yes. where it started. Yes. And when we accepted a European God. Right. Right. See? Right. So while all of these professors and all these people who want to give their narrative on the spirituality of the black man, if we don't go back and and and, and start looking at who we are as a people from foundation and who our God is from a foundation and who our ancestors are from a foundation, then we're always going to be picking up somebody else's trash. That's right. When, in fact, Mm -hmm. we are not stupid. No, not at all. Not at all. that, That narrative that we keep getting pushed on us is continuing that propaganda. Yeah, I, I'm no longer. <laughs> I'm no longer. I'm no longer in the modality of trying to make people happy and placate with people and make people. Oh, it, I, I'm no longer in the position of you accepting me. Right. Right. Because you see, as a as a person of color, I have we have proven our worth. Mm-hmm. more than enough to validate our existence in terms of who we are as a people and and demonstrated the genius that resides within us. Mm-hmm. See, one of the problems that that we garnered or we picked up somewhere along the line is that we started we started throwing out all of the narratives that make us us that were part of the black church. So when you look at when you look at and you listen to 
artists, you listen to musicians, you listen to songsters, you listen to people who have come out. They, they, they had to come out of the church in order to do what they're doing, when in fact, they could have remained in the church and did what they were doing if, right. if, if, our, if our understanding of Scripture would have been in its correct narrative. That's right. I mean, why did I have to leave the choir to go sing secular music? Because the church said it was a sin. You know what that sounds like? What? It sounds exactly like what what are the people that have stepped in and taken that narrative have done with their, you know, this thing they call the the what? That 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 legalism that they put around it. You can't oh. do all this stuff because the reason why it's there is it's because we're trying to protect, protect it. you. Yeah. So <laughs> so we but the black church created legal a legalistic modality that stripped away the ability for an individual like a Nat King Cole, for example. Mm. Nat King Cole had a problem with his father because his father was a was a was a was a was a pastor, a minister in the church, and his father didn't want him playing that that music. But mm. that music that he was playing was the narrative and the creation that comes from the one who created him. Because music is amoral. Right. It's not until you put the lyrics until on it. Until you put the lyrics, lyrics to it. it. Right. Right. It's amoral. And that's funny because you you when you listen to to R and B and you listen to more, you know, ethnic styles, yeah. uh, it's it has that influence it, in it, it. It has its influence <laughs> from the black church. Right. But everybody who has participated in that form of uh of artistry that was in the church had to leave the church to go do what they want what they needed to do, which mm -hmm. separated them from their God, even though mm -hmm. they themselves would tell you, I believe in God. Right. I believe yes. that there is a God. I believe in God. And and I worship that God, but I can't worship him in my church because in my church to my leaders, I'm a sinner. Well, mm -hmm. you see. There, yeah. You know, see, now we get into this narrative of trying to define sin outside the parameters of how the Most High defines sin. Yeah. This is a slippery slope. Yeah. To getting away from, I mean, the, the every time that you spiritualize and you get away from the contextual word of the Most High, I it's mean, just a slippery slope. I mean, you know, uh, they told us, and I'm sure that the majority of people have heard this, well, what is sin? Well, sin is missing the mark. But they never told you what the mark was. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. When you get over there and we look at we look at so many aspects of the black church and you ask each individual, define what's with the the modality of your morals. What is your moral compass? Right. Define that. Right. And it's all over the place. It's all over the place. See, when when you get back to scripture and the most high, it is definitive. Yeah, and, and it can be, and, and exactly. There is no question about, okay, whether or not, okay, should, is the Sabbath or set apart or is this a particular Moedim, which is a festival? It is, there is no question. Right. And so, but when you get over there, it's, it's well, we're trying to bend scripture. Well, they're bending the commentary. It's not scripture. It's right. commentary right. to fit the lifestyle that and, they want to live. And I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this. I, I know that in the black church, we talk about the devil a lot. <laughs> right. And we give the devil a whole lot of credit. A lot of credit. A lot of credit. But he ain't that smart. Right. 
He isn't. He is not that smart. Mm. Um, well, that's the devil's music. He's not that smart. <laughs> right. Devil's music. Really? You know, well, that's mm. the devil. And that's not that's the devil. The devil, he's not that smart. We give him, we have given him way too much credit for creativeness and style and and what it is that we hear and what it is we do. We were born, the Father made us yes. to be the kind of people that we are, right. knowing farewell that in society we were going to bring into existence things mm -hmm. that nobody's ever heard before. Yeah. You know, this week, I've been listening to uh, Miles Davis on Sirius XM because they're doing um, Miles Davis radio. And I'm listening to, I'm listening to, to this, to this man play. And I'm going, this is not the creative genius of, of, of a demonic spirit. It's too, it's too beautiful. Yeah. It resonates, it resonates with harmony and with, with reflection. And, and, and the, and the heavens don't resound, don't resound in, in, uh, uh, one of those chords in, um, uh, mm, can't think of the word now. The dissonant d chords that he plays? What, I mean, well, no, no, there, there's, there are chords, minor, it doesn't, minor chords. It does, the heavens don't resound in minor chords. And listen, listen, people spend their lives studying him. In order to get to the level that he's at and never reach it. Never reach it. And never get there. No. No. So, you know, my thought process as I was sitting thinking, I'm going, wow, the black church has, has created, has contributed rather to our societal, cultural narrative that sets us apart from the rest of the world. But out of it comes this beauty and comes this spontaneity that the rest of the world wants to gravitate to and needs to it needs to be appreciated yeah it, yeah. it, it see, really does see i used to, i remember i remember when i was in my father's church uh -huh. and uh we had this wonderful choir and you know white churches always wanted us to come and perform okay because oh we just love we just love your gospel music mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that's because our music resonates from the soul and and R and B resonates from the soul. Mm -hmm. The narrative of blues resonates from the soul, and it resonates from the conflicts, and it resonates from the pain. It resonates from the agony. It resonates from the love. It resonates from that which makes a human being human. Right. Exactly. You know, and all of that, all of that, we did and we heard in. Mm -hmm. The black church. Church. Now, here, here's here's something that that I want to add to this, just just because I, I think it's appropriate for where people are. Being, I want to show some empathy a little bit because we're beating them up right now a little bit, and that's good because you need to get a butt whooping. <laughs> but it's I'm often reminded of the analogy of this, and I had mentioned this before when I when I had taught, and I said. Um, it's, it's like you having your two parents and your parents come to you one day 
out of the blue and they say, you know, we're, we're not your parents. Your parents are someone, is someone else. But we've raised you your whole entire life. Now, the question that I ask that person is when posed with that situation and your parents come to you and say that you're not your real biological parents, your biological parents are someone else, would you stop loving them? Because of the fact that they came to you and said that they're not your biological biological parents, even though they've raised you from the cradle to where you are right now. And there's this sense of, and I attribute that to what's going on in, in the black church and making that analogy to say that we're trying to present information that says that biologically, giving you that paternity test that says this, what's over here in this New Testament is not your real daddy. Yeah. Your real daddy is over here. Yeah. But then, again, people jump back into that issue of law, but this is all I've ever known. How do you expect me just to flip-flop? But I'm, and, I, and I empathize, empathize with that, but I'm also saying is this, is don't shut off the fact that, you know, you need to go seek out the real true... Who, you, who your real parents who, are. Who they really are. Yeah, and you need to and go seek out... You need to go seek out who who your real Elohim is. Right. Yeah, and 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 understand understand that uh his position in life has never been to cast you off. Right. 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 And it's it it again, power to the people. I I think oh, let me ask you this as as a former pastor, a former pastor of a Christian church. Of a Christian church. How much would you say, influential-wise, does the congregation have on what you teach? Because where I'm getting ready to go with this is that, okay, is it the responsibility of the people to pressure their leaders to say, hey, look, we want to know more about us in the context of where it is? Or is it, do the leaders just have to just take the step up and say, this is what we're going to do? Because that's exactly what you did. You took a stand and said, listen, this is what... We need to do. Well, see, here's the problem that we're, here's one of the issues we're facing. At one of the problems that the black church is suffering from right now is that young people are leaving it. In droves. In droves. And they're leaving it in droves because they're no longer accepting the old school narrative. And they... They are. They're looking. They're looking for something that's that satisfies them from a cognitive perspective, knowledge perspective, yet and still keeps them spiritually connected. Mm-hmm. And you can't. You can't. You can't rule with policy. In the black church, it's it's major whipping whipping. Uh, Cord is policy as mm. opposed to scripture, mm. and young people are no longer willing to listen to that narrative, so they're leaving. The other reason they're leaving is because they have recognized that they're tired of being pimped. Okay, they they're, they're tired of that, and they're recognizing also that the 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 narrative of the overall Christian church has changed so that the it, it's just disappointed them and they're mm-hmm. leaving in groves. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why 
we, we've, we've stepped up to talk about Hebrews in exile because we're at a point in time scripturally and in the mind of the Most High where things are changing mm. and people are searching for truth. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say this. I want to say this, Sean. Mm-hmm. Truth matters. It does. It I mean, if we does. don't recognize that truth matters when it comes to our people, when it comes to our soul, when it comes to things that are very important to us, mm-hmm. that we have to take the time to research truth. And one of the problems that we have, and I recognize, is that the majority of people are seeking out truth from people who have credentials. Right. See, I don't have credentials. Mm. I'm not a, I don't have a master's in theology. I don't need one. Mm. I have a doctorate of divinity from the most high, which comes from a much higher school of learning. Mm -hmm. So I can talk about this within, within the framework of both sides of the of the of the aisle i can talk about it from the hebrew perspective of the aisle i can talk about it from the greek perspective of the aisle because i've been both places and now mm. i'm 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 in a much better place being at home right 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 i found my parents mm. i found my real parents and mm. my real parents were over here in the hebrew text and not the eurocentric Greek text, because I'm not Eurocentric. I am a Hebrew son of Israel, and my people need to know that. I'm back in this position again of asking the question that Daniel asked, what about my people? I'm concerned about us. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's been the narrative throughout the course of the Hebraic text, which we call the Tanakh, which most people call the Old Testament, is that it's always been about a people. It's not been about a particular person. Right, right. It's been specifically about, listen, you've accepted the Most High as a nation of people because it's not only just Hebrews. We've, 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 it's a nation of people. Of people, right. And, right. and that nation of people has, has, has has a has a kingdom it belongs to it has a king it has it has a culture it has a language it has all of these things that, def- it has, that define it and it has its own land and it has its own land. and all these things define it and what we're trying to do is reestablish that but you don't get that in the narrative of the black church it's not that's not something that just is talked about you know you're not, we're not talking about a collective group of people no we're talking about basically studying a person right which is it's totally losing sight of what the most high had planned. Totally, 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 totally. You know, and I recognize, I recognize that, like, I go back again and say, well, you know, you we're listening to documentaries and we're listening to people who have credentials, who was the doctor of this, of this college, the doctor, because they, they're, they're credentialed. But you have to realize that uh, uh, Abraham... Father Abraham wasn't credentialed. No, he wasn't. No, he uh, wasn't. Mashe, who is the articulator of the of the most wonderful writings and the chronicling of the words of the Most High, was not credentialed. Um, um, King David was not credentialed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the prophets were not credentialed, 
but they weren't stupid. Right. They were brilliant. They were brilliant individuals who were being led and steered by the by the ruach, the spirit of the Most High. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked them what theological seminary they graduated from. Right. Nobody <laughs> asked them, well, who's your covering? Mm. Mm. These are our fathers. These are our ancestors. These are some of the most brilliant minds that the Father has ever created. And the thing about it is that we read the Psalms of David, but we can't hear the music that he played. Mm. But when we look at the narrative of what he wrote, you got to know that what that what what he played had to be something awesome Absolutely. to soothe to soothe the demonic spirits. Right. Now that's a bad boy. That's a bad boy. I want to. I actually. I, I want to be at that concert. That's a bad boy. That's a bad boy. Yeah, because I, I, I tell you what, and 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 you brought up a name that I think that that doesn't get a lot of credence. In in at the African American church, and that's Moses or Moshe. Moshe, right? Because you don't listen. Every time that you open that crack, open that book, Moshe establishes the culture and how the functionality through the Most High, yes. giving giving him the direction, right, on how to lead a people. You see, if you want to talk about, listen. And I'm going to segue back into it for a second, but I'm, I'm also thinking about our, our our former president that was in place, Barack Obama. Yeah. Do you realize how much went for African American people? I don't know if you know our brethren that are listening to this, but that meant a lot to us yes, to see did. a person in power like that rise to the to the highest level of government. That meant something for us. But if you go back and you read your scriptures, that's nothing new. Nothing new. Moshe was over millions of people. Yosef, who was the viceroy of Egypt, the second in command. The paro. To paro, or yeah. pharaoh, is controlled, a con- basically controlled the world because yeah. he controlled the food supply right. for the whole entire the world. Whole entire These world. are not individuals that, are, that do not have the aptitude to be able to lead and be leaders and to execute. So right. you've seen all of this excellence throughout the course of history, and then it just gets lost after we get over into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What, I mean, it's it, it, it's kind of... But again, second, segueing back to Moshe, you don't get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John without... And I'm talking for those brothers that are still over there in Christianity. Even the prophets, you don't even get to them. No. If you don't no. go through Moshe, and 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 this is and this is a thing. This is a thing that that you, that you that we find uh, resonating and being said over and over in Scripture. Remember the words of Moshe. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. the words of Moses. Remember the words of Moses. He don't say remember the words of anybody else. Remember the words of Moses because Moshe Moses spoke for the Most High. Right. That he has a narrative. In that scripture that yeah. says he spoke yeah. to the Most High, just like I'm speaking to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, my my concern, my concern has been one that we've we, we're losing connection to the elements that make people of color 
people of color and not just and not just uh, not just African Americans in exile. There are other Hebrew people in the four corners of this world that the Most High has dispersed Israel into that make up this rainbow coalition of Hebrew Israelites that are also contributors because they're, they're individuals that are, I mean, hey, who really has a mind like we have mm. that's as creative as we are creative? Mm-hmm. Who can take that which is nothing and make something out of it? Even in the days of depression, Mm-hmm. We weren't starving. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. We weren't in food lines. Mm-hmm. We had a means and a way to 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 sustain ourselves even when there was a famine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm listening to all these all these voices, and I'm 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 not hearing not one voice talk about our creative our creation and who we are connected to, back to and the reason why it's not being said is because it gets back to the issue this is what was handed to us right right this is all i know and what i'm saying what i'm saying to us today you got to wash your hands of that mm. i mean I'm 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 sorry. I'm not accepting what's been handed to me. And I'm not accepting what's been handed to me because there is a greater narrative that I can go and pick up and apply to my life mm-hmm. as though I never left it. Right. It's applicable today. And the light comes yeah. on. Yeah. It it's it's very applicable. And we give credit, we give credit to the wrong entities. Right, yeah. We give credit to the we we help we help to fortify a negative narrative by giving credit to that narrative by saying, "Well, this is what was handed to us." No, you didn't hand me my culture. I already had it. Yeah, you didn't hand me my creative ability to be in the fields and begin to sing a song that carried a message across across the field so that others could pick up that message and what we call them Negro spirituals. Mm-hmm. Negro spirituals carried a message. It wasn't just a spiritual. It was a message. I'm trying to tell you something. Right, right, right. Listen to this. And, uh, and to recognize that we were, we, were, we were smart enough to be able to, to, to do those kinds of things. We were smart enough to create a a messaging system for the underground railroad as we were trying to escape safe slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Hebrews are not stupid. Stupid. They're not stupid people. And you know, and our young people, if if the parents going to churches don't get back to the narrative of who they are, then their sons and daughters are never gonna know. And yes, education is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we're not educating them in the whole, in the complete spectrum of who we are, then there's a part of us that's being left out. And the part that's being left out is our connection back to our creator. And I'm not talking about the, 
Greek. Come on. Come on. The Greek. Come on. <laughs> God of Constantine. Mm. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the God that that Abraham spoke to. Mm. I'm talking about the God that Job Job spoke to. I'm talking about the God that that Jacob and and Yaakov and Joseph and and uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah and Hosea and Habakkuk and Obadiah and and all and Haggai and all the prophets and, the prophets. and Yeshayahu yeah. and 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 all of these all of these guys Jeremiah and Daniel mm. and the three Hebrew boys uh, you know I'm talking about the God that they talked to and that talked to them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and gave them the wisdom to be able to deal and they did not accept what was handed to them. Absolutely. Full circle. The Full three circle. Hebrew boys did not, not accept nope. what was handed. And they said, nope. no, King, I, excuse me, but we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not eating your food. No, we're not doing that. We're not accepting what you're giving us. Right. right. And they took a stand to be able to say, in the in the midst of what they were going through, oh King, we're not even so careful as how we're going to answer you. Right. And that's the point. No, it's not a good thing to hear somebody tell me that, well, we are doing what was accept, what was handed to us. No, mm. no, no. Stop it. Mm. Stop mm. it. Mm. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. You know, um, as you're speaking there, my, my thoughts drifted off to the, the awesome plan of the Most High. The awesome plan of the Most High for His people, which is there's no other Elohim. Think about this: there's no other Elohim, God, on that is in the existence that has taken a people and brought them back after all that we've been through. After all we've been through, and, and are still going and through. Still going through. You're still living in that. You're still living Devarim twenty eight right yeah. now. Yeah. And now, it's, Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68, we're still living that. Yeah, you're, you're still in it. Yeah. And no other Elohim has been able, and that will be the greatest feat that you can say has your God brought a people back right. to the land right. that was promised. Has any of that come true? No. Look, and, and I think you spoke eloquently about this when you did your, your, your 10 in defense of the Messiah. Yeah, and if if you if you haven't heard of that, go to YouTube. Uh, this is a cheap plug <laughs> for FTF. <laughs> go to YouTube and look up uh, "In Defense of the Messiah." It is a beautiful series on how we got to where we got. If you like what you're hearing in this podcast, you really go in depth in that and, and expose you know, it all. Yeah, and, and the question becomes one. You know, the question that becomes one. If I listen to the narrative, we, we're we. This is what was handed to us. Mm -hmm. Then my next question is, who told you that? Right, right. Did that come? Did that come from a Hebrew Israelite? Mm -hmm. You see, if we're not speaking, then we don't really need to listen to anybody else tell us anything. Mm -hmm. Because the God that we serve 
whose name happens to be Yahweh, mm. is much smarter. And we're not we're we're not nearly as intelligent yeah. as the absolute, all absolute existent one who is the most high, whose name is Yahweh. We're not we're not that we're yeah, we're, we we're never going yet. we're never going Mm-mm. to eclipse his mind. Mm-mm. But with that being the case, we he loves us. He loves us so much that he's given us this ability to be in exile and be a contributor to society and resonate with what he has made us to be if only we would realize who we are and only if the black church would get out of the Eurocentric narrative and begin to teach people the Hebraicness of their existence so that their young people and their children can really square their shoulders and walk proud knowing that they are royalty and they are children of the king who is the only king who says, I am your king, I am your savior, and Yeshayahu and Isaiah. And so that's Hebrews in exile tonight. I hope, you know, Sean, you know, I, I'm just <laughs> excited about this. I really am. It is. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It Until really next is. time, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and And Sean Appleton. Shalom.